Welcome to Primal Screen. This is your host, Nick Greystone. For the next hour, we're going to talk about fantasy, reality, and everything in between. Let's go. What's up, kitty kitties? How you doing? Nick Greystone, back in the his house. Oh, I am so happy that I'm here because I had such yes. a yeah. weird couple of days. Um, but some very fun and interesting couple of days. Just, it, I guess it's normal for me. So, um, welcome to Primal Scream. We're going to have an awesome guest tonight. Uh, I'm going to bring him out in a little bit. And uh, But before that, I have to uh, just recap these crazy days that I was talking about. So, this, uh, this past weekend, um, I went back to Jason's Woods with Demon Scar and Sharp Violet and Steven the Not Steves, and we went for our annual uh, October visit to uh, play the awesome Jason's Woods in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. This one was a little bit different because we were filming... A um, a scene or a couple of scenes for an upcoming. I've been talking about it. The upcoming trauma film, Sweet Meats. So um, I'm going to play a little video, and uh, we'll discuss it after the video. But uh, without any further ado, here is that video. All right, so that was a behind-the-scenes shot of, it was a, a blood spray gag. I don't want to give too much away. Basically, Demon Scar gets killed in this film, and me and Jared get sprayed with blood in this scene. And how they set it up was they had a hose hooked up to an air compressor, pushing out about 100 pounds, uh, 100 PSI, which is 100 pounds of pressure, of fake blood. So I looked right down the barrel of that hose and got blasted with eye open and took about 100 pounds of pressure of fake blood to the eyeball. Um, I do have pictures. That was about maybe, I don't know, five minutes after it happened. As you could see, my eyeball was uh, very bloodshot. Um but what I did was I, after we were done filming, because they still had to kill, uh, they still had to kill Jared, and they still had to kill me. Um, I went back to the hotel, I kind of flushed it out a little bit, got some eye drops. But then I got concerned because I was driving home on Sunday, and I started seeing kind of like cloudy or whatever. So I wanted to uh, get checked out by the doctor. So I went to an eye doctor. And they told me that I have traumatic iritis, which I also have a picture of my eyeball. Um, yes, that is not Mars. That is my eye. But I've never even been to Mars. Well, Mars came into my eye, and uh, it was pretty insane. The doctor told me, Dr. Tongue, I stick my tongue out right at you. He was great. But he also told me that any more pressure, I probably would have lost the eye. Um, and I bursted uh, a bunch of vessels in it, and he gave me this uh, 
little serum that I've been putting in my eyeball every um, four day, four times a day. And uh, for the most part, I don't know if you guys could see, but the uh, the eye is clearing up pretty good. You know, it's not as it's still you know still remnants of it. He says it's going to probably be like two weeks before it's fully clear. But uh, yes. Um, I have now added Stuntman to my resume for Sweet Meats, the trauma film, which is awesome because, you know what, 10 out of 10 times, I'll do the stunt again. I want to be known as a, an actor, a producer, um, a musician, and now a stuntman. Jack of all trades, jack off of all trades, whatever you want to call me, armchair detective, the whole shit. So, yeah, so that was kind of cool. Um, but as you saw in the video, I took it like a champ. And like I said, 10 out of 10 times, I'm going to do it again. One of my favorite stuntmen of all time, Kane Hodder burned 60% of his body during a crazy stunt gone wrong back in the day. And, you know, he went on to play Jason four times and we'll be talking about Kane in a little bit with our guests. So I really don't want to do, uh, you guys know, I love that guy. So anyway, um, yeah, so that was, uh, that. Moving forward now from then, on Sunday, I passed down the torch and I brought little Zozo to Schmidt's farm for the annual scare fest. And let me just say that this kid was awesome. She got all dressed up with her daddy. It was a proud daddy moment. Uh, we were in the same room in the slaughterhouse. And uh, yeah, she uh, she was a little nervous going in, but... Within five minutes, she told me to get into my place and that she was good. And she proceeded to creep the shit out of most of the people that walked through. I guess people just can't deal with uh, little kids and like being creepy. And uh, she she was awesome. You know, she was jumping up on the table, screaming at people, singing nursery rhymes. And uh, like I said, you know, this I have such good faith in Zoe that she's going to be successful in anything she does. And that's just not me saying that my kid's the greatest because I know all parents have that. But, yeah, my kid is the greatest. And I love that I'm able to share my happy place with her. And uh, she was amazing. You know, everyone coming up to me saying how awesome she did. And, uh, like I said, I couldn't be more proud of her. And uh, she's already begging me to do it again. Um, so hopefully, uh, I don't know, maybe by the end of the season I could bring her in another time. But I know that uh, she's welcome back as, uh, you know, everyone over there wants to see her do it again. So uh, what, what is that? Is that a foot? What is yes, that? Yeah, it was a, a fake foot. And she was picking it up. There was a, also a uh, severed head. And uh, she was just using all the gags and stuff that were around. That's awesome. Standing up on the uh, on the table and screaming, die, die, die. She was yelling this for a few times. And then, like, there was a little lull. Because what happens is at the at Schmidt's, once it gets a little uh, busy in there, it's kind of like a conga line. A lot of people lined up and they're going through. So I went up to her. I'm like, Zozo, so what, you're saying die, die. What's that all about? And she's like, oh, I got that from Friday the 13th Part 4. You know, Daddy, when Corey Feldman is doing it. And I'm like, holy shit, me and my kid are talking my language. She is telling me she got influenced by a movie that I've been watching my whole life. So, like, it was so awesome. I teared up. 
Well, I was you know, out of that one eye. I was already tearing, but you know the other eye, the functioning eye, was working. But uh, yeah, it was um, it was pretty awesome. So uh, today I went into uh, New York to New York Comic Con. Now usually I'm a horror con guy, and uh, I don't go to to New York Comic Con. It's just not my scene. I'm not putting anybody down that goes there because I'm a horror nerd. They're comic book nerds. Star Trek nerds, whatever the fuck kind of nerds. We're all nerds in our own sense. But uh, like I said, it's just not my thing. But I did want to go there. I've met Tim Curry before, but my main draw was Susan Sarandon. And I was able to meet both of them today. We did a photo op together. And um, it was bittersweet to see Tim Curry again. I've met him before. You know, he's in... From the picture, it looks like he's in terrible shape. And, yeah, I mean, he, he did have a stroke, but he's out there, you know, meeting fans, and he's still charming as hell. I mean, he's Tim Curry, you know, so it was uh, it was awesome to have that interaction. And, you know, Susan Sarandon gets a bad rap. She's outspoken, you know. She became kind of like a, I guess, a political asshole, if you, if you will, in the last decade or so. Um, so I was kind of nervous on meeting her. But all I have to say is that she was absolutely sweet, and she is still beautiful. Like, that's exactly what I said to her. When I first walked in, I was like, Susan, I just have to tell you, you're just as beautiful as you were as the day that I fell in love with you when I was a kid. And she's like, honey, I wish I could hear that all the time. And I'm like, well, if you want me around all the time, I could, no problems um, giving you compliments and stuff. And she's like, you're too sweet. So... Uh, she asked if I wanted uh, her to sign my name to like what I had signed. I gave her a little po- I gave her a poster from Rocky Horror, and I said, "No, you know, one day I'm going to pass this down to my kid, and I don't want her to have a hundred autographs with with the name Nick on it." And she's like, "Oh, so how old's your daughter?" So I'm like, "Oh, she's going to be nine. So she's like, "So I want to know, like, when's a good time to show a Rocky Horror?" So I was like, well, you know, I already showed it Rocky Horror a couple times. She's actually seen shadow casts of it, and she knows the songs and everything. Some of the stuff goes over her head, and she's like, wow. And I'm like, well, you know, I was, you know, probably around the same age when I saw it, so she was ready to see it. You know, I thought it was, like, a good introduction because she's into musicals and stuff, and uh, it was cool to have that little conversation with her, and uh, that was it. I got out of New York City before uh, sun came down. I did the uh, other crime podcast before with Christine, and now I'm back doing Primal Scream. So, yeah, that, like I said, it was a quick wrap-up for what I did the least, last couple of days. I'm happy I still have the eye. But I want to bring on my guest. Um, is he on yet? No. Um, wow. Did he stand me up? Let me uh, see where he is right now. Um, I'm gonna hit him up. It's Peter Anthony. He is a uh, actor, director, stuntman. He has um a couple of uh, different films that uh, he's been working with uh, several alumni guests through the uh, Friday Thirteenth franchise. Um, let me see what's going on over here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. So, you know what I'm going to do is 
while I try to track down Peter Anthony, I am going to put on a um, a song right now by one of my friends, Ricky Rochelle. He's in a band called the New Rochelles, and uh, they're a Long Island outfit. And this song is called Breezy. And here you go. We'll talk about it when we come back. This is Breezy by the New Rochelles. On the parkway by the beach That's how I know you're not far out of reach Eating donuts near the lighthouse that blinks When I drop you off at home it really stinks And it's breezy when the wind blows you to me Breezy let the wind blow you to me Know you like me but you're playing hard to get On a Friday night I get kind of upset But now you're saying all the right things I can't wait for what tomorrow brings And it's breezy when the wind blows I told you your appeal Gotta find out if it's truly real I see this happen again and again Maybe you're the one who'll make it to the end And it's breezy when the wind blows you to me 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 All right, guys, so that was uh, the the uh, Young Rochelles off their sophomore LP, Kick to the Curb, that's coming out on November 10th, 2023, on the record label Sounds Rad. Um, Ricky Rochelle is the drummer and the vocals. Uh, Rookie Rochelle is the bassist, and Rocky Rochelle is the guitar and backup vocals. Uh, it was recorded at Tomato Farm Studio in Freeport, New York, produced and engineered and mixed by Craig Tamayo and mastered by Justin Perkins at Mystery Room Mastering. So definitely check out the uh, the Young Rochelles and Ricky Rochelle as they are on Spotify, Bandcamp. Um, they're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh the link for the band is at the Young Rochelles, and Ricky Rochelle is at Ricky Rochelle, and that's R O C H E L L E. All right, um, we're still trying to get Peter on right now. Um, Tony, if we're able to call him on the phone, um, or he could call into the studio. Um, yeah, let's. Text me his number. We'll call him. Yeah. But I'm, I just, I just, I'd love to get the Zoom working. We're having a little technical with the Zoom right now. Um, I'm gonna, I'm texting Peter right now to, uh, for his phone number. So maybe we can have like the phone interview. 
Sorry for the delay, guys. It's all good. So, um, yeah, we're going to bring it. Once we bring Peter on, it's um, it's going to be a cool interview because, like I said, he has a new movie that's coming out right now. It's called Smile. Um, it's a uh, an Indiegogo fun, uh, funded film, and uh, it's pretty cool. He does have a bunch of... Uh, different stars that are going to be in the movie he's been he's also looking for uh new actors too he has a um a post out about it and also this other movie that i just watched of his uh roseblood it's uh it's a friday the 13th fan film so it's going to be pretty cool when we talk to him about it because a lot of fan films just from my perspective when they put them out um I'm not putting down anybody. Um, the quality of the film is not good, but that's not the case with these. You know, they're, they're done very well. Um, it's really, um, it really boils down to think three key elements for a fan film to work. You know, you have to have the good acting in it. You have to have a strong storyline. And I feel like the music also that is in the film is the driving force. Some of these movies actually hire some of the original composers. And that's like, I feel like that puts you miles down the road as far as quality in a film. When you have somebody that has is a seasoned vet like that, that could write a score to a movie that can drive um, a movie, you know, like uh, Harry Manafredi and... Um, you know, and Carpenter, like, you know, I, I talk about John Carpenter all the time. Try watching Halloween without that score. The movie's not the same, you know. Same thing with Friday the 13th. Like, those movies, like, all those movies have amazing score. It keeps the suspense going on. And uh, that's how I felt when I watched this movie, Roseblood. Um, it stars uh, Law, Law Park Lincoln from uh, Friday the 13th Part 7. And also uh, Terry Kaiser, who also is in a cult classic film, Weekend at Bernie's. He plays actually Bernie Lomax. But he was also in, um, he was with Law in Friday the 13th Part 7. So they um, bring back those characters. And it's kind of cool that they extend that storyline. So uh, Tony's working on this right now to get uh, Peter to um, to come onto the show. Um It's it's pretty cool that we're going to uh, bring him on as well because he has, uh, you can see that he's a fan because, you know, he's just like me. He goes to these conventions. He's been interacting with uh, these people that, you know, he looks up to. And now he's uh, bringing something to the table. And that's something that, like, you know, personally for me, that's something that I want to do, you know. I've always wanted to uh, bring out what I have to show as far as, you know, me going to support them all these years. Then now it's like kind of like I could go to the convention and have something to offer, you know, somebody that's looking for somebody up and coming, you know. So how's it going, brother? I'm working on it. I'm yeah. working on it. All right, hang on. I think uh -oh. I'm going to have him in a second. Uh -oh. Hang on. Uh-oh. I see his name. Yeah. All right. 
Okay. There he is. All right, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Awesome. Fucking right. fuck. <laughs> is that you, my brother? Yeah, but hang on. He, I need a second to set him up. Hang All on. right, yeah, he's, so Bye. Tony, I'm sorry about the uh, the delay with that, bro. Can you hear me in this this thing here? I can hear you. Yes. Wait, can you, is it farther now? Um, no, I can hear you pretty good. I can't hear you. You so can't. I'm gonna have to go back to my mic thing for some weird reason. Let me try this here. Yeah, I can hear you. I can kind of. I could see you. You just had up a uh, a screen. Yeah, no, it's not working. It's pissing me the fuck off, bro. So I was gonna go with a regular mic and this shit. Now I don't see you on uh, TV no more, though. Did you see me for a second? Yep. You see me now? Hold on. Now I got you. Okay. There's two of me on here. Really? Double the pleasure. <laughs> yeah. You. You. I, I think I'm recording seeing... in progress. Uh oh. What you're don't worry about that. Right? Yep. You're good. We're good? Yep. You can hear me? I can hear you? Yeah, well, just so you know, you're showing two of me on your screen. No, we're, we're not seeing that, so don't worry. No, we're not okay. seeing that. You're seeing that. Weird. All right. All right, dude. Thanks for coming on, man. This is awesome. Hey, yeah. Thank, thanks for having me. I, so um, this is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the delay, but this is Peter Anthony in the flesh. Well, in the in the cyber world right now. But uh, by... Before I even introduce you, I just wanted to say congratulations. I just saw that you won some award that was on your uh, page that you posted about the Golden Hand. Gold, uh, Horror Fest Golden Globe. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool, dude. So uh, I see it's like a Best Supporting Actor role for the Fall of Camp Blood. Correct. Yeah, there it is. All right, awesome. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what was this project? Um, the Fall of Camp Blood was another fan film we did. Um, Riley Lorden is the director and the writer. Okay. And it was after part four. Four is my favorite. Ted White. Of all, of all time. So I, we did Vengeance 1, and then um, he contacted me and said, hey, you want to help out promote with uh, Fall of Camp Blood? And I said, yeah. And he's like, hey, you, can you act? I'm like, I think I can. <laughs> and uh, I played James Deere, which is Rob Deere's brother. Okay. Um, from part four and we did the movie and uh yeah they gave that award adrian king won that award a bunch of like cool people won that yeah award. I, I wrote a list down it's like eric roberts linda blair adrian yeah. king carolyn williams and christina lease dude yeah that's some uh that's some names in the uh in the horror game right there for sure the, the thing is i posted that a little while ago yeah just the picture of me being happy about it but then they took it and put it on their own page and and promoted it, and I didn't even know they were going to do that, which is so cool, you know. Yeah, no, that's that's pretty awesome, dude. Like, uh, congratulations on that. That's pretty huge, Thank dude. You. That's also, uh, you know, it's probably humbling for. I look as you. I look at you as like a fan, like me, that go to these conventions and stuff, and now you're cutting your teeth in the same um genre that you grew up watching because obviously dude you're a fan when it when you boil it down right yeah i mean yeah. you watched rosebud like how many homages we paid to the other films and- dude I, I was just talking about rosebud like i said man like these movies like fan films what the majority of them that they're put out they're just i don't know like i feel like they're just not executed properly because people don't have either a good story or the or good acting in it or you know something is amiss but there's certain ones that come through like Rose Blood 
And it's really like I I really enjoyed it. I watched it with uh, with my kid, and uh, it was cool to see some of the characters from um, from Part Seven making a return to in the, the in the film. Part Nine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. so cool. Like it. That's what I felt like. It was. It was like part part seven, part part nine. Like the storyline to it. Part part X because uh, Jason X. The- Right. Crystal Lake facility. In fact, the beginning when it goes across the scene, that's the same font we took from X. Oh, okay. See, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like that's key because fans remember that stuff, especially some of these fan films that I've seen. Not specifically in this one. There's one out there called Victim No More, and they have yeah. ha- Harry uh, Manafredi. He does the uh, the score for that, dude. That's killer, bro. If you're gonna nail, have somebody in there that. Can drive a movie because I feel Harry, like the Harry music is big. He did the score for Roseblood and Vengeance One. Okay, I don't know if he did Victim. No- did he do Victim No More? I know. Yes, guys. yeah, he, he did. Do- he did. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, and then I saw Harry when I saw you. And That's when we first signed- officially met, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, he signed the Roseblood uh, Blu-ray when I was there. He's a great guy. He's- he called the other day, out of nowhere. He's like, if you hear him talk, he talks like this, Peter. And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm in L.A. I just got a rental car. I wanted to see if the Bluetooth works. I'm calling you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so probably like, Anthony was bro. the first one that came up in his phone. <laughs> yeah, probably. And I'm like, you and I grew up. I'm, I mean, all the movies we worked with, Steve Dash, with C.J. Graham, Tom Matthews, Tom McLaughlin. I'm such a huge fan. And then these moments like that happen. And I'm just, I'm like, you, I'm just a huge fan. I'm like, I can't believe sometimes you pinch yourself. You're like, holy shit, I can't believe this guy's calling me. Yeah, no, you that's know? so cool. You mentioned Steve Dash, man. Like, yeah. That's one of my favorites too, dude. Like part two, I love that Jason, um, that portrayal of Jason. It has like that animalistic, still, uh, and uh, it's funny how I met Steve Dash. Um, I went to Chiller Theater. Uh, this is going back. It's got to be like fifteen years ago, and Ted White was there, and Ken Kerslinger as well. And Steve Dash was in the middle of them. So I got my mask signed by Ken and by Ted, and I started walking away. And Steve Dash goes, hey, what about me? And I'm like, who the fuck are you? And he goes, I'm Steve Dash. I'm the real Jason in part two. And I'm like, no, you're not. Warrington Galetti is. And he goes, no, that guy was the guy that you saw his face. 95% 95% of the rest of the movie is me. And I'm like, really? He's like, yes. And he showed me all the pictures on his table. And he's like, that's me. And that's me. And that's me. And I'm like, so Warrington really was the guy that jumped through the window at the end. And you saw his face. And he goes, yes. And I was going to do that too because he wasn't, you know, this is back when he kind of, him and Warrington kind of like, uh, that a little thing for a little bit, but he kind of like squashed it. But he was back he then. He was really very vocal. It, bro. He, never he never really, really did. But I, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess in public he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. But he was like, yeah, he almost did. He swung on a crane. You can tell, right? Right, there. right. They said that yeah. they put him on like a thing. So uh, yeah, so I met him that way, and then a couple of weeks later, I'm like at a fair in uh, Massapequa Park because I live on Long Island, and he owned a taxi stand. And I'm walking around, and he's at the taxi stand, and he has his autographs out. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? And he's like, well, this is my real job. This is what I do. I'm not an actor still, you know? But right. then he started, like, going to these conventions, and he got more opportunities. And 
sadly, you know, he passed away recently, last couple of years, but uh, every time he remembered my face. And, like, there's a picture I wanted to show people right now because it's like you go to these conventions and you interact or whatever. And I have a picture of uh, of Kane Hodder, and it looks like he's fucking with you a little bit. Yeah, there we go. I'm going to put that up right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It, Kane Hodder is, like, one of the ultimate ball busters, but the dude's all hard. People post people. Uh, my buddies went down to Texas and and did that sign with him and sent it to me. People are like, aren't you mad that he's fucking with you? I said, you don't understand anything. It, the fact that he's busting your balls means he loves you. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Yes, yeah. all the time. Like that's an honor to me, right there. Right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I make make it a point where I've I've known like, he was one of my first meets at conventions, so I make it a point to go to his table all the time, and I'm so loud when I go to his table, and I like kind of like make passes at him, and he, yeah. just to see the reaction to get a rise out of him, and they're like. And he's just like, oh, fuck, they let this guy out of the asylum again. Like, didn't I get a restraining order against you? And, like, it's yeah, it's pretty funny, man. Like, I love Kane, dude. I love seeing him. I'm going to actually see him this weekend. I'm going to uh, the famous Monsters Con over in uh, King of Prussia. And he's, oh, yeah, he's doing the multiple outfits. Three different yeah, days. he's doing part seven uh, on Friday. I believe he's doing uh, Goes to Hell on saturday and i think he's doing 8-bit on um, yeah the retro one i have, on, I have uh, the first retro he ever did which was in mad uh mad monster arizona okay yeah i was out there with him with that so, back to back to steve dash and yeah he, steve dash died during vengeance one at the end he didn't tell us we flew to uh, florida to film his scene he checked himself out of a hospital we didn't even know we, his son didn't even know and did the scenes, went back to the hospital because he checked himself out. They had to take his leg. They took his leg and then he died like three days later. One, like basically like two weeks after the film was done, he died. Oh, we were like so man. devastated. It, it, there's a behind the scenes right now with Vengeance 2. Uh, I'll send you the link where we flew down Steve Dash's grandson. And in Vengeance 2, there's a sack Jason and it shows how he came to be. That's Steve Dash's grandson. Wow. And we his whole family down and during that moment everybody was crying on set we did a whole behind the scenes on it oh yeah i'd love to see that dude that's so awesome and bro my first time going to a convention i had my knee replaced right right and 2015 and there was a rock and shock remember rock and shock yeah yeah yeah. so i'm like you know fuck it i've never been to a convention never collected all this stuff never collected anything and i said i'm gonna go i go there and i'm kind of still limp and i had blood clots and i had to have filters put in and all kinds of shit and i'm in line and he sees me and i was back then i was like 10 years ago i was lifting more and stuff like that and he's like oh look at the rocks in line you know he's like busting my balls <laughs> i get to the line i meet him i'm like somewhat nervous i have like six things for him to sign he signs them all doesn't charge me anything bro and then i'm like what do you mean and he's like no nah, we're fucking good i go to the next show he remembers me puts me next to him at his table and then from then on i'm on pd and now i hang out with him i'll drink with him we'll do dinner with him we talk on email and we're like you know friends so i'm like what Wow. Why me? You know, it's like, what the fuck? I don't even understand, but it just like goes to show true. you the type of, yeah, dude, it just goes to show you the type of guy he was. Yeah. Cause most yeah. people say they meet their heroes and their assholes. No, you know? that's, that's the case when you go to these horror conventions, man. Like yeah. most of these people are there because they want to meet us yeah. and they want, you know, they're interested in like our story, like what yeah. brought us there, you know? 
That's funny. Uh, I was going to ask you, like, what was your first convention? So that's that was it, 2015, Mad Monster? No, Rock and Shock. Rock and Shock, okay. Yeah, then I think uh, like a year after. Then I went to Chicago for his part seven, um, and then I think I went to Mad Monster, Arizona. Okay. I, went, I, I had a huge tournament for the video game. We had like 16 different countries, like 100 different teams. Gave out like $5,000, and he did a shout-out for it too. For the Oh, tournament. that's so awesome. Yes, I'm. Oh my God. And then, and then we used to tell the audience. I met you. I think you. I was talking to somebody else, and then you kind of overheard it. And then you kind of. I don't know if you knew the movie or whatever, right? Something like that. When we met. Yeah, I, you were on my radar because of the fight scene that you had yeah. with Jason Brooks in in the first film. Yeah. So, I knew of you, and then I'm like, yeah, it's got to be the same guy, you know? Because like, you know, there's a. It looked just like you know, like. Yeah, yeah. But that's cool, dude. Discuss that a little bit. That fight scene with Jason, man, that was like a uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, I love the rosebud. Um, yeah. So, long story short, I was part of another film. I was marketing. Jason Brooks saw the marketing there, brought me on board. It was actually called Mythos at one point, and then we changed it to Vengeance. Long story short, sixty-one days later, he raised like fifty grand. Yeah, there's the picture there. And we were trying to get Kane hotter for that scene, and Kane won't do a non-SAG film. So Jason Brooks, and then we tried to get Steve, and Steve said, I'm too sick to travel. So then we turned him into Officer Realati. So long story short, Jason Brooks goes, hey, there's a head prisoner open. You want it? I think because like he thought I earned it, you know? So um, I was like, fuck yeah, I'll fucking take it. And that happened there. There was a whole fight scene. I have the behind the scenes. They cut it all out. We actually fight. I throw punches at him, everything. Really? Yeah, yeah, they cut it out. So how, what do they trim it to? Like, there's only, like, a little part of it? And there's not, like, even, like, there's, more? There's, like, only, like, behind the scenes on a camera. Like, uh, I don't know why. They tried to rush it. And then, like, he had a spike coming through his chest. And he picks me up in the air and puts me through the, the spike. It actually worked out pretty good because I didn't die. And the fans kind of liked that scene so much that we ended up killing me the end of that scene in Vengeance 2. Right. Yeah. Wow, that's but, so yeah. cool, man. I love the picture too. People are like, aren't you mad that he he makes you look small? I'm like, no, man, he's fucking Jason. He's supposed to look like that. <laughs> right. Well, it depends yeah. what you know the Jason that you're looking for because through the years, just like every you know, just like with Halloween to Halloween, you know, Michael Myers progressively got bigger and bigger as yeah. as it went on. You know, yeah, but, they all uh, did. Yeah, they all did. I mean, except Freddy because yeah. it's only you know one Freddy. But yeah, definitely Leatherface too. You know, Leatherface was. Uh, just a portly guy in the beginning, and then he turned into Bernarski. You know, in the game, he's six seven three twenty. Is he? My buddy works for Gun Media, so uh, Riley Lorden from Slash and Cast. And uh, if you look at it, you put them side by side. He's humongous in the game. He's six seven three twenty. Wow. Yeah, See, I didn't yeah. know that. For, I know Bernarski. He's only like he was like six three two sixty five. You know the remake two thousand three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in the program and yeah, all yeah. That. yeah. I uh, I met him um, years ago at uh, at a convention. I have a he was fine with me. There's horror stories about him, but you oh, know, tons of horror yeah. stories about him. But There's I'm tons not... of horror stories about Savini too, and I, I got along great with him. Yeah, I heard that too. Like, oh, yeah. I, I remember going to meet him for the first time, and like, be weary of him. He's he's kind of like a dick, but yeah, dude, like. I met him before he was cool. I even brought Zozo to go meet him, and he let Zozo sit at his table. Like, when that happens, man, like, that's the best for me. Like, when she has the interaction and, like, yeah. you know, 
she there was a day it's nothing to do with Friday the 13th but there was another time we went to Chiller Theater and um she was working the table with uh Jeffrey Voorhees from Jaws who plays Alex yeah. Kittner and yeah. uh she sat at this table for like 2 hours and she was like selling the pictures with him and stuff and like she still talks about it even yeah. at that thing where we met you know that yeah. that thing at the Camp Crystal Lake she was working Adrian's table for about yeah. an hour you know, yeah, and like no, no, uh, Noby Sco- Noby Bosco. Yeah, like Chris, yeah. Chris and Stacy, who uh, from CNV uh, Promotions. Shout out to them. They uh, they love Zozo. They've seen her grow through the years and stuff, and they're always like, "We're kidnapping her for the day. Don't worry, we'll return her at the end of the day." But we want her to uh, interact with these people and Dude, stuff. That's the other thing. Me, you, and her. I forgot we were in the in the camp speech again. Dude, how awesome was that? That was fun. Remember how pissed he got because people were talking? Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. He like brought like he totally brought character. Stop talking. Yeah. That was yeah. so good. Just to give you guys a, an idea what we're talking about, um, the infamous uh, the speech that uh, Paul John the Fury GTA from uh, Part Two does about Jason, like warning the the camp counselors about me and uh, Peter when we met. That was one of the uh, the ops that they had. It was a, a special thing. It was a, a picture they take in a video of us sitting around a campfire and the actor reciting line for line the the speech he talks about Jason. Paul. Yeah, I'm Paul. Give it to you straight about Jason. Right, yeah. right. And yeah. we we did this, and there's a cool picture. Uh, man, I wish I would have brought it up to post, but I'll post it later. Facebook. Yeah, yeah, the video is up on Facebook. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, dude, what was the first horror movie you saw as a kid where cha- that changed your life? Don't man, I don't remember the first. I mean, Jason was was it? I mean, that I can remember that really changed me. That like, I mean, The Exorcist is still my number one film just because I don't care what anybody says. No film could ever have the cultural impact that that had now, mm-hmm. especially now. You know. But when I was a kid, um, I, I didn't have a TV in my room. My parents had, remember back in the day, like the only way you could see bad movies was have HBO or like USA Up All Night really late or something Rod like that. Rob so Yeah, bro. I used to pretend to go pee and I would sneak downstairs and I would watch like USA Up All Night or HBO like Friday 13th and I would make a little paper mask. I was like six years old in a basement and I would put it on and I would watch these films. And that, that's, and I tell people all the time, I know you agree. Back in the day, that wasn't cool. Today, it's kind of sexy to be like a horror fan and stuff. It's a cool thing. Oh, Back yeah, in the day, our know. parents, when they were like that, you were a weirdo. You know, absolutely. What I'm yeah. So that, and I was like, "What do you mean? He's awesome!" Like I wanted to be him. And then I, I used to be a bodybuilder. Remember Part Three? We had the big traps and everything. I just, yeah. I always loved that 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 Jason, the side of him, like the you know, unstoppable monster. You know, dude, it wasn't in back in the day to be a horror fan. I remember. Uh, my teacher found a Fangoria that I had in my bag when I brought it to school. And she called my mother and she was like, wanted me to go to like the the school therapist. And she's like, your son's reading this stuff. You know, my mom was like, at least he's reading. Like, dude, my mom was cool, bro. She let me like, she was just like, you know, just don't kill fucking dead you know, animals and stuff. Or yeah. like your classmates and you're fine. You know, and I, I wasn't. People yeah. always said that about me. Yeah, I wasn't this crazy shit, but yeah, you know, I was a nice kid. But I just was always FX fascinated artists by it. Came from that magazine because if you were a makeup artist or an FX and you wanted to be one, everybody got that magazine and saw how it was done. That like right. made so many people go into that field. 
hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You never know who, what, you know, how many brains it sparked over the years. Yeah. If it wasn't for Fangoria, you know, and Gorezone. And, and it's not like today where we all know what movie's coming out, when it's coming out, the release date. You didn't know that back then. Oh, so no. sometimes a Fangoria would come out and you'd see Jason 5 on the cover. You'd be like, well, there's Holy another one. Holy shit, yeah. No idea. Dude, yeah. speaking of which, I remember this. It's not about Jason. I remember clear as day. I was in the movie theater. I do not re- even remember the movie I was seeing. But I'm sitting in the movie theater. All of a sudden, this little tricycle comes out. And it's trailing blood, and it starts melting, and then it turns around, and then all of a sudden, you see the paper mache Elm Street house, and boom, that glove comes up, and they're like, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, coming soon. I fucking lost my shit. I'm like, no way! I'm like, fucking Friday, like, a new fucking Freddy movie coming out. Dad, when's it coming out? Like, losing it. It was, that was just... How it was. These kids these days are so spoiled with the shit that yeah. they see everything before the movie even comes out. Bro, remember, like, during that period, it, literally every month, we got another Freddy, another Jason, another Michael, another fucking Chucky, yeah. another fucking Pinhead. And that, like, w- they just rolled out with classic after fucking classic back then. It, right now, I think, is, is similar to that time. I think this is the hottest time now. You got video games, you got TV shows, you have movies, you have franchises being brought. Horror is yeah, a twenty-four. Horror is back in now, like it's never been before since. The oh, game. it's up. To, it's it's yeah. it's huge. It's mainstream through the roof, dude. Yeah, even yeah. like you know, like look at the box office returns that these movies are making. Yeah. You know, it's insane. Yeah. Um, Talk to me, like little YouTuber. I you know movie. what? I still have not right. seen Talk to Me, and everyone's oh, telling dude. me that it was good. Movie of the year. Really? Movie of the year. Right, horror so movie of the year for sure. I have to go. Uh, I definitely have to go check that out. Um, you saw The Exorcist last week, right? Yes. You, you weren't into it. No. You? Yes, I liked it. The reason okay. I liked it, um, I feel like everyone's putting this franchise, not movie, the franchise of The Exorcist on this pedestal where... Okay, the first one obviously is the classic. It's one of the greatest horror movies of all time. Like you said, the cultural impact and all that. Three was good. Three was really good. Really good. Yeah. I wasn't a fan really of the prequels, and part two is a fucking mess. It's, oh it's, my God. it's a disaster. So no, just going into this, I was had I had the lowest bar possible. Sure, there are like eye-rolling parts to the movie, and I feel like the eye-rolling parts have Ellen Bernstein in it. Like, her whole thing, I felt like, kind of took the movie down a notch. I thought the acting of the little girls were really good. I really like the story, and I really like what they talk about with the religious elements and, like, the message that they wanted to come across. I thought that was cool. I did, here's here's my take on it. So first of all, the first half or first act or two, I thought was great. Like you really were scared when the girls were lost. The whole, I love that whole angle. Everyone's everyone's been a parent, and you're like, oh my child's lost. What the hell am I gonna do? Right. That whole thing worked. What they were doing out there, they kind of hid. You're like, okay, maybe we don't know. Then once they find him, I thought that scene was great. They had to, you know, violate her to make sure she wasn't raped. And, and that made sense because they didn't know where they were. And all that stuff happening. They were building that so good. I thought the father, by the way, was the best actor by far. Yeah, he was great. 
he was great yeah and then it got like super corny and then the neighbors are like cliche and then the religious neighbors are just idiots and you know the father at the end and then the fact that i i don't like the whole spiritual like different uh religions coming together and the only reason why i say that is because it's only in the christian religion does that come true that'd be like christians going into rain serpent and rainbow no no no. that's voodoo right you know what i'm saying so to me it didn't go you mean like it, combining the forces yeah because they yeah. tried to grab different people it was just uh, trying to hit different different demographics <laughs> i didn't think that, about that it was like an a-team at the end yeah yeah but ellen burston <laughs> what a waste man they uh, wasted her so bad in that movie and then at the end the third act it just kind of falls apart the other parents are terrible actors the priest what the hell was he not the priest the preacher what was he doing? The priest they had like last minute comes in that, that I don't know. It just didn't didn't have that feel that I wanted. And I went in low expectations. I went in low. Yeah, yeah. I feel like um, it was like a WB Exorcist movie. You know what I mean? Like like the CW, like or whatever it is. Like the uh, it's, like, it's like Evil Dead Rises where and I love the I like the Evil Dead Rise. I just didn't love it. It's where they showed most of the best scenes during the trailer. <sighs> That's you know what, Evil Dead Rises. I don't think should have been called an Evil Dead film, but I want to talk about that with the spoilers in trailers. Like when Halloween 2018 came out, and they have that scene where Michael comes out of the out of the uh, the closet to attack the girl. Why the fuck did they show that in the trailer? They gave right. away, like, such a great scare. Like, these trailers are two, three minutes long now. It's too much. They show the best parts of the movie in those trailers. It's the reason why, they just want to get people in the audience to get money. They don't really care if it ruins the film as long as they get the money from you. And it, back, to, back to trailers again. There's this new fad in the last 10 years or so. Um, they shoot scenes for trailers that will never be in the movie. The last Transformers, forty percent of the film wasn't in uh, the trailer. wasn't in the film. Really? In Mike, in in Michael, uh, Halloween Kills. Remember, she had the knife and she was going down. She, I'm going to end Michael. That never yeah. was even in the film. Aliens vs Predator. There, there's certain film things they shoot just for promotional purposes that aren't in the film. That pisses me off. Is it because I, I don't know? Like they are they making fools out of us? I don't know. I don't, and Evil Dead Rise, man, the girl was so good. I thought the premise was good. They paid homage, you know, the eyeball in the mouth. It just something was, it was really good. It just wasn't great. Did you, you pick know? up uh, Bruce Campbell's voice in it? Yeah. On the record, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm big on that. Just like uh, the remake in 2009, the original Grandfather Clock, the original Pendant. And when the door kicks open, you're all going to die. That's from part one. Yeah. They actually took it and, and reinvigorated it. I liked, you know what? I I like 2009 for what it is. I like the gore in it and stuff. I, I wasn't too crazy. I call that the heroin one, you know, because it's just like she's trying to get through her detox or whatever, and that's half of the movie. But, you know, I did. I actually like the 2009 Evil Dead better than the last one. For sure. Yeah. Um, but if I had to pick out of the last 20 years any of the Evil Dead stuff, I like the, the the show. I thought the Dude, show was good. I got the show like third all time. The show, the third season was the weakest of the three seasons. Yeah, still, absolutely. It, it started off great. Yeah, man, it was good. Plus, I'm a huge fan of Kelly, dude. I, I think. Oh I yeah, she's great. Oh. Yeah, she uh, she's she fits right in with the uh, the convention crowd, man. Yeah, you know, she's yeah. Uh, she's very nice. She uh, she's just yeah, she, definitely yeah, definitely yeah. cool. She's almost like a New Yorker. Yes, 
It's yeah. almost like, you know what, like I, I like uh, interacting now with the terrifier people. The terrifier people at conventions are fun, man. You know, yeah. whatever terrifier is going to turn into. I mean, right now it's big. Yeah, I was with them at Connecticut Horror Fest. I was a guest at Connecticut Horror Fest. Yeah. And uh, and she, I wanted to meet, uh, oh, man, I forgot her name, the girl with the wings. Oh, uh, Lauren. Yeah, because yeah. Steve Barton is the producer on my next film, too, and he was a producer on Terrifier, too. Yeah. I'm like, bro, I got to meet Lauren, dude. So I just went over there. Bro, she is a tiny little thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I met her, and uh, yeah. they did a uh, thing at Oaks a couple uh, last year. It was her, uh, the kid from... Um, the second one, Elliot, he also does yep. like the interviews with uh, the rock stars, punk little people, or something. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. David. Day, oh yeah. What's his name? Um, Howard. Yeah, the he played Howard Arthur Gordon. Clown, and then Damien. You know, they were all yep. there. Yeah. And the girl that does the uh, in part two, she sings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been doing it a lot. She's gonna be singing that song for the rest of her life, dude. <laughs> Who cares, right? Who cares? Yeah. It's awesome, y'all. Just like the yeah. Happy Campus song, dude. I really wish, speaking of which, I wish that that uh, Pamela Springsteen did conventions, man. That's like one of my bucket list girls from uh, yeah. Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Speaking of Craig Horfest, did you see the video where I got Kane the bottle with the, the insignia on it? Yeah, that was awesome, man. Yeah, dude, he never reacts. like So the fact that he reacted like that, usually he just busts my balls. But I thought that was pretty cool that he, he actually asked me afterwards how I did it. I'm like, dude, if you go to their site, you can get it done. You know, yeah, I'm gonna see. I can't wait to see him this week, man. I haven't seen him. Uh, I'm gonna probably say in almost two years. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to like hanging out with him again and um, seeing, uh, seeing what you know, busted his balls or whatever. So how far is that pressure from you? Um, it's like two and a half hours. Not that bad. You know, Monster Mania is also having their last show at Hunt Valley, and I used to love going into that venue and stuff, but. My buddy, uh, Chris Ott, who does London 1888 and Monster Heel, he's part of the uh, production oh, crew for the uh, Famous Monsters, and he's always supported me with like my band and stuff, and uh, I really want to be there for him for this weekend, because this is like their, bis- their first convention. And uh, plus, you know, I've met Ozzy, but I want to go see him again, you know? Yeah. So it- it'll be a good time. Um, hey, uh, I got to tell you something, bro. I just posted that there's um, auditions. I mean, it's like last minute, three weeks, and I have to, three and a half weeks, and I'm shooting uh, Laugh. I need an 8 to 12-year-old girl to play uh, to play little Alexi in the movie. I think I should send the lines to you, and Zozo should read it. She has to try to do a little, there's not too many lines, but a little Russian accent, and I would love for her to read for it. What do you think? I would, dude. It would be an honor if it's yeah. if it's doable for me. Papa and something else in a Russian. I have a dialect coach also that I pay, and I could have them work with her too. And just I'll send her the slides, send you the slides, have her record herself and read it. We we do wardrobe everything. It's a huge part. I don't have that part filled yet. The, the opening scene is in Russia in 1976 in Siberia. Really? And yeah, dude, it it is a very powerful scene. And uh, the guy was taken over by the the clown. He's got like half his face burnt off and his eye and the KGB is in there. It's, it's a great, I have all the KGB outfits and it's it's a phenomenal scene. I just need a Russian girl to say like, I'm scared. Uh, I forgot the lines and like, Papa, no. 
in its uh, in the movie. I I think she'd be perfect for it because she has a, she's a little little sassy thing. You know? Yeah, she is, man. She's she a little firecracker. Yeah, man. I would so, love that, man. That I would be awesome. What would yeah. you say in three weeks? It's no uh, November sixth. Is that no Monday, November sixth in Wallingford, Connecticut? So New Haven. Okay, let me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, send it to me. I'll talk to her mom. I know they're going away the end of October, but I think she should be back for that. And if she is, I will definitely and if she I, I'm sure she'll nail it. I have yeah, no Bob. I have no doubt that she would. So Yeah, that'd be so great to get her involved. See, I'm see you know what sucks, bro, for us where is that when we were that age, we didn't have anything like this. No. No. I don't know how old how old are you if you don't mind me asking. I'm gonna be forty six in December. I'm forty seven. Right. So yeah, yeah, we're yeah. same, man. We're, we're same. same. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So speaking of uh, smart, this sm- for smile, laugh, laugh, laugh. Okay, so talk about laugh, man. Like, to, uh, what's uh, what's this about? So laugh is um, man. There's so many things. It's hard to like get into it. Um, basically, it's 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 a demonic uh, um, entity, right? He just he looks different every time. So sometimes he looks like a clown. Sometimes he looks like uh, different versions of that clown. And that's Terry Kaiser from Weekend at Bernie's, also Roseblood. Awesome. And it's a long story short. There's I play a guy who was in Afghanistan who's a war hero, and I'm basically it's a descent into madness. And there's so many things going on; it's really hard to explain. But he basically has here. So my stepson was taken from me, meaning like he's still alive, but his mother took him, and she's a drug addict. And I don't see him. It's a big sad part of my life. And it's a, in this movie he has a son who eventually is taken from him, really taken from him. And there's a descent into madness. And there's so much around it. There's his history of why he can't laugh. There's his father, who was also a war guy. There's this demonic possession clown. There's his interactions with his agent. He's a great actor. He goes to the Oscars at the end. At the Oscars, we're going to have Kane Hodder giving a, uh, give away. A, um, a, they're giving a Lifetime Achievement Award to Kane Hodder. So, like, this huge scope of film, you know, that we're trying to make this really, really big, go to the movie theaters, everything. So there's there's so much more. I, I, if I get excited, I'll tell you like a scene. It'll take like twenty minutes. Wow! But it, it's a descent into into madness, and it really hits home with like the human condition, and everybody I think can can relate to it. There's no, beautiful totally, scenes. We have, dude. We have a club scene that you know hundreds of people in the club, and then there's a play on stage. You ever been to like a really nice New York club, and they'll do like a, a play, a stage play, like a not a stage play, but like a performance at midnight? You know. Um, yeah, I guess like what, like a Hammerstein Ballroom type or yeah, like Webster or, or Theater. Back in the day, like going to ecstasy clubs and they would. Oh yeah, like, like limelight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, bro. Factory, all that. Yeah. So that kind of show, but there's no words, and the music just and and the Jason's playing the devil, Jason Brooks, and he meets a girl and he gets married and they have a kid and the kid dies. It's like a a parallel to what's going on in this character. While that's happening, he's in the bathroom. While that's happening, Terry's dealing with the clown, kind of like Star Wars jumping back and forth. That that scene is phenomenal. So it just, I'm trying to go like super grand, super big story, a descent into madness that everybody can like follow or make wow. sense. Yeah, so it's like a, it's really a take on mental health as well. Yeah, if you look at that poster, he, he's at the Oscars. See that? Uh, let me see from over here. So the two columns at, to yeah, the yeah, right, yeah. yeah, and the audience in the front, the, he's at the Oscars. Wow. Yeah, and that's him in the military uniform because yeah, he was yeah, a military yeah. hero. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome, dude. Wow, yeah. that's that's. I I like different types of films like this. Like you know, it's it's an original idea. I think it's something that more movies should 
bring light to, you know, when when they deal with that, uh, like you said, the human condition. It's also like the uh, to talk about mental health, man. It's something that's like uh, relevant. It's a f- yeah. big thing. I just saw a stat. There's 6,000 soldiers that died in war since 9-11. We've lost 6,000 between Iraq, Iran, and Afghanistan, all that shit. Since then, 145,000 have killed themselves. So Holy six, shit, they, dude. the world can only take away 6,000 of our soldiers, but we took away 145,000. That's Because we couldn't be there for those guys if, to the yeah. capacity that they needed. Yeah. And, and in a way, too, I mean, I'm sure it's happened in World War One and Two. You just didn't keep stats or didn't know or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But just you don't come back the same, you know? You don't. You no. really don't, man. I mean, like, even you don't even have to go there. Like, I have people that I know that were here that were on cleanup crew for 9-11, and it's yeah. always it's affected them, you know? Yeah. Like, that's a... Uh, down the block from us that's yeah. like you know close to home it's not over there you know like uh even, even the self-worth of it and i thought ram first blood did a great job of that when oh, he dude. says back there i was driving million dollar machines i was somebody back here i came and hold down a goddamn job it's the same i think that part of it is huge too almost like an athlete retiring yeah. where you had all this power and all this stuff and now like you could barely get a job at walmart you know i think that's part of it too I love the original First Blood. It's not it's not what Rambo turned into, like the right. big action movie or whatever, whatever it turned into, like the franchise. The original First Blood, like many people don't even know that, don't know about the movie, but there's only one person that's killed in that movie, and it's an accident. Right. And it's not like, you know. And he, it's his own fault. It's his own fault. You're right. Yeah, it's yeah. just, I love Stallone, dude. Like, I'll get, I, I praise him, and I feel like that's some of his best acacting in yeah. that movie. Like, the Shine Box at the end, he tells the story about the Shine Box. Oh, dude, it's oh, great. great. Yeah. I saw that way too young, I feel like. I feel like I couldn't appreciate it as much as I do watching it now because yeah. maybe about two, I don't know, uh, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I remember sitting down watching it, and I, I actually wept at the end of that movie, dude. Like I, yeah. I, it hit me. I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah. You know, hey, it's bro, just like, we put that in Rosebud. Covendier to Raven, talk to me, Johnny. Yes. We have that in Rosebud. I put that in there because <laughs> I love the movie so much. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. It's great that you you know you pay homage to these things and like it's subliminally put out there, you know. Yeah. And one more thing about Rosebud. Did you, so, you know, at the end, uh, spoiler, you know, he has a face off with Michael, right? Right. My, if you look at that kills list on the top, Michael was in the film the whole time. So Michael is who killed her parents. Michael is who she manifested. When people are in the room and they first try testing her and you see a knife go through the door, that's Michael's kitchen knife. Uh-huh. And the guy goes, he has no face. And the audience think, well, his face got ripped off. No, no, no. He has a pale, no face. Then when Rose is drawing, she's drawing Michael with his lapel and everything. So that was her monster the whole time versus Tina's monster. It was was a good twist. Now that I tell you and you go back and watch it, you're going to see it. That's so cool. Yeah. 
So I wanted to I wanted to like leave it so that you had to watch it a couple times to get it. Some people were like, well, people won't get it. I'm like, I don't care. I want it to be a little different. You know. It's, well, those I'm are the best movies it. too. That if it's put out in front of you, and then you watch it for the second time and you pick up on it. You're like, oh, yeah. all right, here you go. That's what that's what was the uh, original intent or whatever. That's, I still uh, pick up things from the thing. You know, I dude, mean, the thing, yeah. man. That's just a cinematic like masterpiece. masterpiece. It really is. You know, I, and also. I feel like um, Tarantino, a lot of it in uh, The Hateful Eight. Yeah. You you could see elements of the thing in that. And it was, think about it, the the music is phenomenal. And it it took them all these years to finally give an Oscar to uh, Marcone. Yeah. Just them, they're going down a hall in the middle of, you know, Antarctica. Nothing's going on. Doom, doom. Just that keeps you in, keeps you scared. Yeah, dude, so so genius, simple but great. Uh, And think about it, like when that first came out, they critics shit all over that movie. Lost money, everything, everything, and then it became a cult classic, and it's one of the greatest. I feel it's one of the greatest sci-fi horror movies ever. Ever, Shawshank Redemption lost like half its money too. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here's another picture I'm showing right here. You said part four was your favorite, right? <laughs> Dude, Dude this I said, is so I said, good. I ended up partying with her. We were VIP later, me and Terry, at the Ice Nine Kills concert. She was right next to me. Mm-hmm. And when I met her, she goes, you're Peter Anthony. And I'm like, what? What? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, you you know me? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. So we took that picture. Every time I take a photo picture, I, I always do different. With Kane, I, part eight, I made him pick his mask up. I had the little walkie. And I did that. So I asked her if I could stare at her ass. Is that okay? And she could hold the mask because you're supposed to hold the mask. So I say, is that okay? And she said, yeah. I thought it came out pretty good. Dude, it came out awesome. And she still looks amazing. Dude, amazing. Like day one. You remember her, uh, Tony? She's 60? She's 59. Wow. You ever see, uh, she's in like weird science. She's like one of the girlfriends in weird science. She's also also in three. Which one? Ninja Ninja three? Yeah, American yeah, Ninja Three. Right, um, I think so. Yeah, Judy Aronson. Yeah, man, she she's. I met her uh, one of her first conventions. She did a Monster Mania about like fifteen years ago, and I even said it to her. I'm like, "Do you age? Like it's yeah. unbelievable." And she still looks the same as she did then, fifteen years ago. From like and like minimal makeup. She doesn't have a lot of face work. No, done she's or... a natural. She's just naturally yeah. beautiful. Yeah, she is. That was a great picture. I, I, I like part, my list is part four, part six, and part two. Those are my three favorites. That's probably uh, the same for me, an honorable mention, part X, and five. Nope. I like five because I feel five is the most underrated. Yeah. The only reason why five gets the shit, because I remember specifically how I felt when I watched five, because it pissed me off. It was the last mask I would ever get, and then I talked myself into it, only because they lied. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Michael, part three, oh, he's not in it. Yeah, but you never thought he was going to be in it. And I just didn't like I wish in five they just kept it really Jason yeah. instead of somebody else. It would have been great. The music's great. It's scary. The, score the actors great. are great. Actors are great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Melanie looked phenomenal. Melanie's awesome. Like, Melanie still, um, again, I met her at her first convention. I was her first autograph she ever signed at a convention. She still remembers me. Like, we're friends on Facebook. Like, Every time, like, oh, I'm going to be at this convention. Please come and say hello. Like, I finally was able to uh, introduce Zozo to her. And um, she's a sweetheart, man. She's a tiny, tiny Dude, little Dude, tiny. 
right? I mean, dude, yeah. I know. Yeah. And then she's a big fan of 80s metal, which, you know, that's my thing. So uh, it was pretty cool, like, uh, the, the conversations that we've had. But, yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a sweetheart. When I, I we're the same age, bro. We were like teenagers then. That scene when she has the white shirt on in the rain, dude. Uh, you know, that hit different when you were a teenager. Like, oh, what's going on right here? I know. Absolutely, yeah. dude. Yeah. Reggie was great. I, I thought everybody was great, you know? Yeah, I like uh I like part five a lot. So yeah, it's sad that the mom died, the um, the trailer park mom there. <laughs> Junior, come and eat your fucking Thank you slop. for listening to Primal Scream. <laughs> you just died, Carol Oakley. Yeah, he man. heard me, Mom. <laughs> he heard me. Ron Sloan, he's good too. Oh, there, man. They, uh, they, had a con- they had a reunion with all of them and stuff, and uh, she uh, she was going in and out of Ethel the whole weekend yelling at him and stuff, and like, they were great together. Did you, know? you play the video game? Uh, yes, the one on, um, what did I have right, before? Right, 13th Stew, they did the part five map. Her stew was in there. Right. The kitchen and everything. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was so dude. good. Yeah. What was, what do I have that on? I had it on, um, cause Zozo has it now. Uh, Nintendo Switch. Switch, yeah. Yeah. They even but, had the, um, the backhoe there that hits them and everything. They had all that in there. What, now what's the deal with that? They said they're not. They're not producing any more of it, or they're not uh, supporting it anymore. Yeah, so some some bullshit. Yeah, the end of I think December of this year, or something like that. I mean, they had a good run, bro. You know what? Five six years. I hope uh, they get their shit together with this with this whole lawsuit that's going on. It, like I don't know. I haven't heard anything lately, but well, it's over because they're making the Peacock show. They okay. just haven't released it because I don't know why because the strike because of the strike or whatever. Wow, imagine yeah. now it's going to be held up because of that because now they backed out of their talks now. Yes. So that's going to be that, a, that they're going to you know as much as as the studios are pieces of shit. Yeah, and I get it. You know the actors don't get so back in the day you did a show it played on ABC you got residuals. Right. Well now these these movies stream or go somewhere else the actors get nothing, but movies don't make money anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's no. so hard to have a, a movie blockbuster. So the studios are losing. The people are losing. Nobody wants to compromise. That's know? why, you know what? Like, uh, the films, like, for A24, you know, they're uh, yeah. they're coming through. And now A24 just got the rights for Halloween. They have Halloween and F-13, right? Dude, that's Does, doesn't Miramax have crazy. Both? Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. I know. If they did that, holy shit. I know. Bring those two together? That'd be sick. I don't care how bad it is. I'm first in line. No, of course, man. Yeah. Why not, dude? It's yeah. a it's a it's a horror fan's wet dream to have those two franchises in the same yeah, that's house. That's why I did it in Rosebud. I just right. like, hey, man, I got it. it's a fan film. I got to do it. I can get away with it. You, know? you never know, man. Maybe you sparked the brain <laughs> of oh, them. That would be great. That, they need real fans. That's what they they, they do. Well, let's be honest, bro. You know, 2018, man. I got that up there in the top probably three, four Halloween films. Then kills. Some of it was good, some of it was bad, then ends. Again, the movie itself is a, is a good movie, but, man, they made Michael look like a bitch. Yeah. Well, the, you know what, dude? I feel like they were going for um, a different, kind of like how Halloween 3, they went different route. So I hated it the first time I saw it. But then, because of Peacock, I went the first yes. night to see it in the movies on Thursday. And then I, I watched watch it again on Peacock the next night, and yeah. I was like, you know what? This ain't so fucking bad. Now I I really like it. I like the the elements I mean, it's of a uh, good film. This yeah. is how I rated it. Uh, overall, it was a film, shot, production, sound, acting. I have it as an eight. As a as a as a Halloween film, I probably had it at a five. 
but here's the truth as a michael film it's got to be a zero or one the fact that the dude a geeky band kid goes into his lair and beats him hand to hand and steals his mask no real michael fan ever wanted to see that no that's the part that really sucked it made him human yeah When, when in kills he was subhuman he was about like the first time ever in kills kills all the firemen he shot he stabbed he still lived like you went you were going this way with him trajectory and then you brought him back i just don't understand and he was missing fingers yeah it's yeah. almost like ends should have happened in the beginning or in the middle yeah well they just shouldn't i don't know maybe make it i don't know maybe it shouldn't have ended like that i don't know yeah it's yeah, a no, shitty way to it's a shitty way to end uh a big coming so in so strong with Halloween 18, yeah. And with the last Jamie Lee Curtis and all that, you know? Oh, so, dude, I'm so pissed off. No, I'm so pissed off at her right now for that. Yeah. You and live Sean right Carpenter down the fucking block, dude. Like, John Carpenter came. She could have, you know what? Even if she didn't want to come, make a little video and just be like, listen, I appreciate you guys. I'm sorry I'm not going to make it. But yeah. I don't, and I get, I said this last week on my podcast, and this is all hearsay, but I've heard some insider shit. And I heard that she um, said yes and canceled like between five and six times over the course of a month going to age 45. So I would have hated to be those promoters putting that together and dealing with that shit. Sean Clark admitted it. Sean Clark said that he had her, and what happened? She won an Oscar. Yep. right everything everywhere all at once he he said it live. i can't believe he said it after she won the oscar everything changed and then she ended up not going well look, look i can't speak for sean clark i'm not friends with sean clark i don't hate sean clark but from what i heard she treated sean clark like a fucking dick like she yep. really fucked him over and i feel bad for him you know and like yep. i said like i don't uh, this is not me trying to gain brownie points for him or anything but right. from what i heard and if it's true it's really shitty what she did man. well i feel bad for the fans i i do too do you they're know what not, like they're, old. they're not gonna be together again. i'm not i can't the first rule about a, a, a convention you can't go just for one person but right. me being going to these conventions for so long i've met fucking almost everyone that i've wanted to meet i really went with the purpose of h45 to meet jamie lee curtis and, you know, it was the disappointment, but I, I didn't let it ruin my weekend because I still met some other people that I haven't met before. Dude, Kathleen Kinmon from Part 5 was fucking so nice. She looked wow. so great, Looks you know. Um, yeah. It was, a, it was an awesome weekend. Did I didn't do that. No, I, I oh, went okay. to a show. A yeah. couple of my friends did. They said that that was a pretty cool experience. Tom Atkins had the line of the weekend, though. Him and Nick Castle because they did that figure for him. That's going for like seven hundred dollars on eBay right now. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, but, but I don't know why she wouldn't want to go back and just reminisce with people from the movies. Do you remember last a uh, few years ago when Halloween two thousand eighteen came out and Danielle and Taylor Scott Compton said that she didn't even recognize them? Yeah. at one of the reunions, she treated them like shit. Yeah, that's fucked up. Dude. Especially those two carried your fucking your legacy. Like they yeah. continued the series. I, I honestly. Don't think if it wasn't for them that Halloween would be as big as it is now. You know what Especially I mean? Daniel. Like, Especially Daniel. Dude, yeah. those yeah. those movies, part four and part five, are strong sequels. Right. Even, you know, as much as they're 90s and they're 
some of it's kind of eye rolling. I remember that Halloween Four was the first movie I saw in the of the series in the in the I movie theater. I love Four. I don't I like the mask in Thor, but I love the movie. Oh no, the mask is for shit, and the mask in Part Five is even worse. Yeah, the, the mask is, is get on bad. the cover. On the cover of Thor, it has the original mask. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't use why that. They fuck- yeah, it's probably yeah. some like trademark bullshit. Is five or is that six? Is the witch one? Uh, what season of the witch? No, they call it the witch one because like his nose is kind of hooked and bent over, and it, it comes oh, out of his shirt. That's, that's uh, no, that's part uh, five. It's five, okay. Yeah, it's got lo- it's like long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah really yeah. white looking. And, yep. Yeah, yeah. And then f- six, it looks like you got Botox. Yeah. Then there's the one. Is it fuck? Is it four? Where they're in the school and he comes out, he's got blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got a uh, <laughs> yeah. an, an, like an L.A. dude. Dude, on on Vengeance and in Roseblood, I had four or five different masks with different damages and everything like that. This is a fucking indie film, super low budget. I don't understand how there's not ten of those motherfuckers sitting on set. It blows my mind. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> it's weird. Like even like you look back at all those high but low um, those high budget films back in the day they only had one mask or yeah. like one that's in existence you know yeah, it's Sh- crazy sean, sean michaels versus uh razor ramon only one ladder <laughs> right? imagine if the thing broke they admitted it they're like yeah we only had one ladder unbelievable but it's such an epic fucking match oh, you know epic. dude that's another we could go we could i'm gonna bring you back on dude we could talk wrestling for fucking two episodes I watched yeah. Heart and Stone Cold last night, WrestleMania 13, before I went to sleep. Oh, awesome. Dude, I just awesome. watched a great interview with Bret Hart, and he was talking about how Hogan kind of shit on him. Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. it. And make, dude, all these stories you hear about Hulk Hogan, I loved him growing up, and I still do. Me but, too. man, well, he was really a piece of shit to everyone. He lies, bro, so much. So all bad. The time. Yeah, yeah. That he didn't want to put him over, and he said he was going to, and all this shit, and he blamed yeah. Vince, and Vince blamed Hulk, and like, it was like they were a married couple. No, he did it. No, he did it. Yeah. The, <laughs> problem, the problem with Vince is, is is that Hogan did draw more, so he's kind of stuck in a hard place, you know. Yep. Well, that's that was yeah. his thing. He had a he had to appease the Hulk. Right. So. All right, bro. Well, I'm gonna. Uh, I got to do some plugs and everything. But I really, Pete, I really appreciate your time, man. You have any plugs you want to uh, say before we uh, wrap this episode up? No, just the laugh Indiegogo. Um, it's got like a week left on it. It's it's only the pre production. We're gonna do a huge like hundred thousand dollar one after the trailer comes out. This is just to support the trailer. So we're okay. shooting five days for like part of the movie, the and the trailer. And then we're going to come out with the big one, um, with the big name, bigger name actors and so on and so forth. But, yeah, if you just go to Indiegogo Laugh, the motion picture, you can go there. I'm going to send um, um, that those side probably, if not late tonight, tomorrow uh, to you and then go over it with Zozo. And then we can have a FaceTime. And then if everything's good, I'll have my dialect coach get with her. Oh, that's dude! I really appreciate the opportunity, yeah. and she, uh, she's someone who deserves it. That's that's what I want to see. That kind of person. Thank you, dude. I I just yeah. I, I I thank you from the bottom of my heart, man, because it's yeah. all about everything I do is for my kid. So I mean, yeah. for her to be involved, I know she'd be so excited. Even to be considered for me, I'm excited. Yeah. So no that's uh, that means a lot to me, man. I do appreciate oh. your time tonight, and uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Um, I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, bro. Thanks a lot, bro. See you, man. Take care.
Wow, that was a great episode with with uh, Peter. Um, I want to just plug a couple of things, and uh, we'll tuck Tony in and uh, get him to bed. <laughs> uh, guys, we have a uh, a a big big cool uh, beer. Uh, Mister Beery's a um, Horicon coming up. It's next week, next Saturday. Aliska Han is going to be there. We just signed Ron Milky from. Um, the original Friday the 13th, there's a new start time. It's at 12 p.m. So there's going to be a bunch of vendors there. My friend Christina is going to have Cornicello, which is Italian cuisine. She just gave us a little teaser of what she's going to be serving. And sausage and peppers is one of the things. So we have some awesome pasta there, too. Um, and that's only the beginning of the night. Then Kevin Mundy's going to go on, which he's an awesome bartender, but he's also a very talented actor. He's going to do some horror shorts going on at 5 o'clock. And then after that, it's Tom Bennett's big 50th birthday with Cover Me Bad is going to be headlining. My band, who's formerly known as Death Proof, formerly known as Planet Terror, and formerly known as Norma and Master Bates. We'll be naming ourselves that night again. We're going to be performing. It's going to be an awesome night. Next Saturday, the 21st, tickets are $15 in advance and I believe $20 at the door. Make sure you check that out. Guys, I also want to give a shout-out to my my other sponsor, uh, Cloud8, Delta8. Something wicked this way comes. There's another picture, Tony, that I shared with you. It's, uh, it's like right next to that one, that other one. Yes, that's the one. Something wicked this way comes. You got to join the Boo Crew and hop aboard Cloud 8's Ghost Train Haze. Combining citrus and pine, Ghost Train Haze will amp up your Halloween spirit. There's also a zombie OG enriched with blackberry and lavender and Cloud 8. Zombie OG is sure to light you up like a jack-o'-lantern. So they have a bunch of new Halloween flavors on display. And again, it is also used for medicinal purposes. Go to cloud8delta8.com, use Primal 10, get 10% off your order, and uh, thanks Cloud 8 Delta 8 for sponsoring the Primal Scream podcast. I also have two shows coming up. The first being the 28th of the month at the Raven in Worcester. I am opening for the Flatliners. It's going to be an awesome show. Fury, he's the one that's promoting it. He's also performing. Make sure you check. come and check it out. It's going to be my second hip-hop act uh, gig. It's going to be dope. I love it. Can't wait. That's going to be uh, Saturday, October 28th. And also, next month, I believe it is Friday, November 18th. That is at November 17th. I always fucked that up. I did that last week, too. Patty Dodge has been putting on some great shows. And finally, Demon Scar and her are working together. We're going to be going to Sinclair's in West Babylon. Grace is a chaos, hostile intent, and there is res- um, resist, the resist the temptation. They're going to be there as well. 
Friday, November 17th, 2023. Don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. That's going to probably be Demon Scar's last gig for 2023. So make sure you come and check that out. We have new songs that we uh, have been playing out and testing the waters on. And that's about it. Guys, what a great show. Can't wait to see you next week because I'm sure I'll have more to talk about. This week I'm going to Famous Monsters with Zozo. It's going to be awesome. Great weekend. We're going to go meet the Osbournes. Ozzy, Jack, Sharon, and Kelly. And I believe Kane Hart is going to be there as well. So it's always good to go see him. Until next week, I'm Nick Greystone, and you're not. See you later. Thank you for listening to Primal Scream. I'm Nick Greystone, a.k.a. The Nizza. Each week, Primal Scream is produced by Tony Walker and executive produced by Demon Scar. Always remember, nobody writes your story but you. Later. <laughs>